Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners joining us today. I'm Will Heisentruitt, and this is Sometimes Baseball. I'm joined by Casey Hageman, and today we will be taking a dive into his relationship with the game of baseball. How are you doing, Casey? Doing well. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Now, as the title suggests, this is part of the personal podcast series where a commenter is randomly selected from our social media platforms to join the show and talk about baseball. Sometimes. <laughs> if you like what you're hearing here and want more, we also hold a weekly episode covering a wider scope where the agenda covers our random thoughts, baseball history, takeaways from the season, larger overall baseball topics, drafts, trivia, song lyrics, movie quotes, and trending Twitter topics. If any of our listeners have a fun Twitter story they want us to talk about, trivia they think can stump David Carey or our guests, or a draft topic you want us to do. You can be a part of the show. All you have to do is reach out to us on either Instagram or TikTok. On Instagram, you can DM us at sometimes baseball. Now, TikTok, you can reach us at sometimes.baseball. Additionally, if you like our logo, head on over to teespring.com slash store slash sometimes baseball for branded apparel. If you don't like any of the current designs, you can reach out to our email, which is, you guessed it, sometimes baseball at gmail.com. All right, let's jump into it. Uh, tell us uh, who your team is and how you got into baseball, Casey. So I'm a massive Atlanta Braves fan. You know, I'm from like 20 minutes outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and so, you know, just oh, growing up, you know, uh, dad didn't really play baseball, but mom and always, you know, they always grew up watching it. So I yeah. think I just, just from having it on at the house, I just kind of gravitated toward it and, um, you know, started playing when I was – four and uh you know i'm blessed enough to still be playing now so um it's been a it's been a wild ride for sure especially with covid and everything going on this year but it's been good okay yeah i well first off i'm a washington nationals fan so we're already off on the wrong foot and no, i'm just kidding <laughs> um, but, um okay so you're from the charlotte area and then yeah i guess that is closest to atlanta huh or yeah, we're only about four hours, so it's not too bad. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was down in uh, Charlotte, and literally as this thing was starting, like, um, I was down there just to see what Charlotte was like. It was, like, March 10th we were down there, and I just remember staying in the hotel and looking up at, like, the TV talking about, oh, COVID cases are rising, and I'm like, all right, that's not going to be a problem. Four days later, everybody shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, yeah. So, did you do you have any story about that or what what that was like for you? Well, so you know, this was my senior year of high school, right? Okay. So I was going into my freshman year of college. So I play, I play, I play at um, Guilford College in Greensboro. Oh, okay. So, so you know um, Pat Gallus. All right. Very oh good. yeah, big All Pat. Right. Yeah, man. Um, so, um, so you know, it's like going from not having a season to being able to play some games in the summer. And then we, you know, it's like you're trying to work out, trying to do stuff, but nothing's open. So you can't really do anything. So it's like, Hey, who can throw? Yeah. So let's, let's go at least do something. And then, you know, once we get to college, it was like, well, we don't really know when we're going to start practice. So, you know, mm -hmm. we're waiting to finally start practicing around, I guess it was the first week of October. Mm -hmm. And then we got to go full out, you know, we finally got a team practice here on uh, last Friday. So, you know, until we yeah. got, then we got sent home. So now it's like, we got seven weeks until we got to be back on, on campus and then a month until the season starts. So it's like, we got, you know, it's pretty short amount of time to get ready for anywhere from 30 to 35 games. So it's going to be, you know, just with everything going on, it's definitely been a, a, probably my craziest year of baseball for sure. Um, just with all yeah. of like the uncertainty going on, but 
Um, just from like a preparedness standpoint, I think it's been the hardest one for sure. Okay. Okay. All right. And, and then what's like your confidence in terms of like, is this baseball season going to get off the ground? Cause I know a lot of people are playing summer ball. I don't know if you were part of that or. Right. Um, well, I mean, as far as this season goes, I think we'll be okay. I mean, from yeah, what think... I've heard from our conference, from what I've heard from our conference, it's like, you know, it, there's some scenarios where we just play conference games, but they extend it so that we at least get somewhere like 28 games. But then our school has went ahead and said, you know, we're okay without a conference game. So it's like, I think, you know, right now it's looking like we might get in about 30, which our season is mm-hmm. usually only 40 games. So it's, I think right now it's like we've kind of learned to what to do and kind of how to cope with it. So hopefully, barring no major setbacks with a bunch of cases, I yeah. think we'll be, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, and, and from, like, a baseball standpoint, just, like, looking at, like, how the game is played, I think it's one of the more ones that people can feel confident about playing because football, there's still big questions. I mean, the cases are going crazy. Oh, yeah. In the MLB, um, they went something like 70 straight days without a case, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. And now NFL teams are shutting down every other week. It's it's not looking <laughs> – so definitely more confidence on the baseball side of things. For sure. But um, all right, well, let's get back into the Braves. Um, so you were fortunate enough, uh, you grew up when they were killing it, man. Oh, they're still killing it. It's not fair, yeah. but <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you were, uh, you grew up in their uh, streak of when they won, like, what was it, like 14 consecutive division titles or something? It was, yeah, it was something like that. 15, something, it, something ridiculous. So, um, yeah. Yeah, what's like your level of fandom in Major League Baseball, or is it do you have a different on that? You know, it's like I can remember from being really small. I mean, when baseball season started, there's not a night at my house where there's not a game on, right? Okay. So it's you know, ninety five percent of the time it's the Braves, but you know, if we're not playing, it's it could be you know the Angels when they're playing really late at night because yeah. you know we get the extra innings so you can watch all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just – I think just growing up with being, like, it just on all the time, I didn't really have a choice not to be a fan. So, yeah. it's like as I started understanding really what was going on, it was like, well, this is pretty cool. So, then you start learning everybody, you know, who everybody is and just kind of really starting to really figure out, you know, who do I like? Like, who do I really mm-hmm. enjoy watching play? You know, and it's it's been cool to watch, especially since, you know, we went from being really good to not being very good. And now it's, you know, this year was – playing with my emotions a little bit because now it's like well we might be good and then well you know everybody gets hurt and then yep. it's like well we still have enough and uh, we've you know unfortunately we can't get past the powerhouse it's the dodgers that have a seemingly unending checkbook but um yeah it's it's, it's definitely fair. been it's been crazy um <laughs> uh, yeah definitely the atlanta braves have a lot to look forward to even after in the middle of the season they lost it wasn't like 60% of the rotation was out. Soroka, oh, God, that injury looked so bad. I've Like, that, that one was a tough one to watch. And then Cole Hamels, I don't even know if he threw an inning for you guys. Yeah, he didn't. He never even touched the field this year. Okay, and then Felix Hernandez opted out. I was excited to just see him in a different uniform, see what kind of love he would get. <laughs> uh, but we didn't see any of that. Yeah, you know, it's just – it's it's tough when you look at a team that – in the off season, you know, traditionally it was like, well, we don't want to go spend too much money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we ne- and to be honest, we never really had a bunch of money to spend. So it was like, well, we can go get Cole Hamels on a budget. We can go get Felix Hernandez on a budget. 
and maybe piece together some guys that have a ton of experience and maybe they'll hit a thing at the end of their career. And, you know, you, you fall into, well, Felix doesn't want to play. And then Cole's like, well, I can't throw because of my shoulder. And, you know, now, you know, like today, I mean, today was one of the greatest days as a Braves fan. Yeah. You know, I was ever, right. How's like, the, how's it feel about having Charlie Morton now on the rotation? <laughs> I, I love the fact that we don't have him for a long term. Mm-hmm. Because you know he's 37, right? Yeah. So it's like he he and he still throws hard, obviously, and he's still in great shape. But just having somebody who's you know at the end of their career, and we can say, well, you know, we're only going to pay you 15 million, which leaves us plenty of money left over to potentially get Dansby's contract work out worked out, and you know hopefully extend him, and then you know either start looking at either Ozuna or you know seeing what other outfitters are on the market because that's you know another one we got to clear up just to have a little bit of experience out there with Acuna and you know we got to look at Marquez and see what he's going to decide to do this next coming year and you know there's a lot of you know we've got you know we've got Christian Pache and some stuff like that so it's like we've got and and we have Drew Waters as well so it's like we really don't have a lot of questions we just have don't have a lot of experience so it's like how do we fill that gap of of experience but we have a ton of we have a ton of talent too so I think we're in a pretty good spot it's just kind of let's let's see what we you know what kind of decisions we decide to make yeah no for sure like uh Charlie Morton he's a dog out there on the mound like any team that signed him was like they, they know exactly what they're going to get. And he's a gamer. Like, the guy goes out game sevens. Oh, yeah, give me the ball. I'll go seven strong. What, what's up? Like, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and, you know, we signed Drew Smiley, too. So, mm-hmm. it's, you know, we get a guy who's I, – I think his strikeout to walk ratio is something like 27 to 4. <laughs> so you get somebody like that who practically never walks anybody. Yeah. And it's like, well, you can use him out of the bullpen. You can use him as a starter. And it's like – when you when you take it like that, it's 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 cool to look at, you know, well, now we have we have Tyler Matzik out of the bullpen too, who's, you know, ninety-six plus from the left side, Drew Smiley, who doesn't walk anybody. And then you start yeah. clearing up all these questions that two years ago, you know, when we made it to the playoffs, our bullpen was possibly the worst one in baseball, and yet somehow we were still scoring enough runs to win. So it's like it's it's finally starting to kind of come together. Yeah, and it really is the offense is bailing um, or not bailing you guys, like the strong point of the team. But I want to first say like how important it's going to be to have Drew Smiley and Charlie Morton in that rotation. Veteran, veteran guys. They've been around the block. They've seen it all. I'll pair them with Max Freed in his third year, I think, second or third year. Mike Soroka in his yeah. third or fourth year. And then Ian Anderson in his second year. Like – they're going to have crazy impact on those guys. And those three, Freed, Soroka, and Anderson, are going to have long-time impact on the Braves organization. So those two guys yeah, in there is mean, perfect. It's crazy to look at, like, because it just seems so old-fashioned that you've had three guys who have come up through your, through your franchise. And, you know, it's like whether or not, you know, you made a deal like we did to get Freed or we, you know, you draft Soroka, you draft Ian Anderson, both high draft picks. So it's like when you start looking at stuff like that, it seems so old-fashioned to have guys that you got up through your ranks and then now they're you're seeing – you're kind of reaping the benefits of, of, of keeping these young guys in, a, you know, a stable place that they can really, you know, start to succeed. So I think it's – it's really similar to what we did in the 90s when we won mm-hmm. the World Series with, you know, our big three back in the day. So it's kind of yeah. cool to see how that's kind of coming back around. Yeah, you guys got a big 
th- four now. It's it, right. <laughs> as a fan of another National League East team, it's no fun at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really not. Like I'm hoping against all hope that Marcelo Zuna signs with an American League team or something. Just I, I'm really hoping for that. But <laughs> so yeah, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he did because it's like when you look at his defensive woes in the past four years for example there's just so much inconsistency with him on defense it's like and he flourishes so much in that dh role yeah that like when i saw that it wasn't coming back to the national league i was like well the likelihood of us signing him back is pretty low now Mm -hmm. it's like can't what's the use for him you know where are we going to platoon him are we going to just use him when we can i mean i don't know what how we're going to answer that question but i would rather have somebody like a you know, potentially if we had some extra money laying around, go sign somebody like a Michael Brantley, like a George Springer, somebody like that that can play and hit as well. You know, somebody that can answer both questions rather than just one, and then you got to figure out the rest. Yeah, for sure. The Michael Brantley one is an intriguing. I, I haven't heard that name connected yet, but that one would make a lot of sense with Acuna and Pache on the outfield, as well as, yeah, like, I mean, young hitters like uh, Austin Riley for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I had kind of heard some rumors going around that the Braves might, you know, they were like, you know, the Braves ought to go after Chris Bryant and all this other stuff. And I was like, well, I mean, number one, Austin Riley's defense has been, you know, solid for, uh, you know, and it's only getting better in the last couple of years. His hitting, you know, it's like, well, he's either going to strike out or he's going to hit an absolute nuke. So it's like, so it's like, you kind of you kind of run this fine line, but you know it's like this year you look at what he was doing. He was able to hit the ball backside. He was able to get some balls on the ground that yeah. in the past he was swinging through. So it's like mm-hmm. I see progression. So I don't know if I would necessarily make a ton of moves with Austin Riley just because it's like I mean this dude's still young. Like he still has a good. I think he still has a lot left in the tank. So it's like you, you kind of hear these rumors, and it's like these people who kind of think that baseball players are expendable and they are, but from a certain standpoint, it's like as a franchise, you have to have a little bit of faith in what you brought up. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think Austin Riley will be fine. Um, not like above average, like he was like those first, that first month in the, but I, I think he'll be fine. I, I think he'll be serviceable over at third base. That's something you just don't have to worry about. And as an organization, I think that's, perfectly fine like that's amazing like you don't have to worry about a position because you know he'll just go out there and give you one or two wins above replacement every year but if you don't have to worry about it I think it's perfect for sure and then uh, but yeah as we were like we're already talking about the offense the offense in Atlanta is something that is frightening to pitchers across (laughs) the league It, it it just talk about like how how fun it is to watch you guys put up what was it 29 runs in a game like come on yeah, I mean, it's just like just when you I just remember just looking at our lineup, right? And you know, you start out and you're just looking and it's like, well, you know, we've got Acuna and then it's I don't even remember who batted second, but I think it's, yeah, it's like you look at it I mean, yeah, it just Freeman. Kind of depends on, yeah. Right. Well it was yeah, so we went it was Acuna, then Freeman, and then Ozuna. I don't even remember. It was just, you know, it's like you look at guys where you have like Acuna and Freeman and Duvall and 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 then you have Darno and, and then you yeah, have Ozzy who led the National League in hits two years ago. So it's like, well, he, you know, he's just going to break. And then you have Dansby coming out of – Dansby finally getting to win. You know, it's like the time that he's – the hard work he's put in is paying off. And then you mm-hmm. have Austin Riley who's always a power threat. And then 
who knows about Pache? I mean, that dude, we saw what he did in the, in the playoffs this year. I mean, he, oh, yeah. he's got some power too. So it's like, it just seems like our lineup never ends. You know, it's like when you line up, when you've got two potential MVP candidates in the same lineup every year, you know, that's just something that's just going to cause a problem to just about any, any pitcher that we face. So it's like, yeah, exactly. I think, I think as a Braves fan, it's like you go into a game with a lot of confidence, even if your pitcher doesn't have the best day. We feel I, I personally feel like if we can keep a team to three runs or less, we'll probably end up winning the ball game. Because mm-hmm. on average, I think we scored like five runs a game this year. So like it's, it's wild. Yeah. Uh, it like that's the formula when uh Max Scherzer goes out on the mound. Just if they don't score three runs like two runs hold him to two runs or less we're winning this ball game he's something like 142 and six or something in his career when uh given three runs of run support it's ridiculous um (laughs) so just having that confidence um as a fan of just like yeah if we hold him to like three runs or less we're gonna win the game like (laughs) it's about as simple as that and if it's not it's our fault right yeah so i mean do you have any like favorite players now like like current, past, present? Um, You know, favorite player right now, just because I'm a pitcher, has got to be Soroka. I love just watching. I mean, the way he just – he doesn't – he's not going to blow you away with a bunch of speed. I mean, you know, he's 92, 93, 94. But the way he's just – he doesn't miss a spot, you know, and everything moves. So it's like just to watch him be able to just pinpoint everything, it's just yeah. – it, it's a thing of beauty. It really is because it's like – nothing nothing misses he seems like he can just never miss it's like where love is the ball is probably going to be there um you know that past players i really got got into watching highlights from heath bell because (laughs) that dude was just wild just a maniac like i mean who comes running in at full speed slides into the mound and then proceeds to throw 99 right past you i mean that's just unheard of right so it's just i think that would probably be my favorite pass player just because of just the sheer just he was there was just he was an oddball you never knew what he was gonna do you know so I think that would definitely be my favorite pass player for sure oh gosh uh, my my outstanding memory of Heath Bell is him sliding in at the all-star game <laughs> and the manager just looked so pissed he's like dude I told you not to do it this is the all-star guy. Come on, man. If I get hurt, it's on me, and I'm not letting that happen. <laughs> oh, geez. But, yeah, Heath Bell, that guy was a dominant closer for the longest time. He was – and, uh, gosh, what a guy. <laughs> That's pretty much all you can say about Heath. He was just a wild card. Yeah. So is that uh, who you model your game and or personality off of? Is he Heath Bell or <laughs> – you know, I try to not – I try not to be so crazy when I come in, but definitely just kind of that bulldog mentality of, like, oh, yeah. well, you know, it's like I try to come in with knowing, like, A, I have confidence in my stuff. And it's like – I think if I have confidence in my stuff, it makes it ten times easier to go out and throw strikes, right? Because you're not really worried about where it's going to go. You're just like, all right, we're just going to go throw it because we have confidence in where this pitch is going to be. Yeah. You know, and I think I think Heath Bell was – he modeled that really well because it's like – he didn't care what you thought about him. He didn't crap. I mean, he, all he was going to do was going to come in and he was going to show you why he was getting paid a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's confidence you got to have, you know, and it's not being cocky. It's just, you got to trust your stuff. You're not going to, you're not going to do anything. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, confidence in baseball is supremely underrated. Like, it, it, like everyone's looking at, like, the computers and the numbers and this and that, it, but it, it really is about confidence on that mound and at the plate. So, I, as a player, like, how important is confidence as a part of your game? I think, you know, with me, I always get a lot of confidence and a lot of repetition. You know, so okay. it's like when I'm whether I'm at practice, it's like, you know, I'm going to key in, you know, let me make sure I'm going to throw this change up where I need it to be in this. And then I'm going to try and mirror that two seamer in the same spot. You know, so it's like if I can start getting confidence in that I can throw this and then mirror it off of that, mm-hmm. you know, from a hitter standpoint, I would hate to be there because then that looks like the same pitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, well, you know, if I can get this slider going outside, well, that gives me three pitches, you know, and if I if I can sit here and repeat that. Yeah more confident I'm going to be to go sit here and go, well, I can throw this as hard as I can because I have confidence in where this is going to go, you know? So it's like confidence for me is a huge thing because coming into it, especially as a pitcher, if you've had a really bad bullpen, you know, before you come in, it's like you just kind of have to take a deep breath and say, screw it, because you, it's, it's, you have to have such a short memory. And, like, that's something I really had to learn during high school, especially as I got into, you know, junior and senior year when, you you know, your team starts depending on you and stuff. It's like you have to have a short memory. You know, if something happens, let's go because, you know, it's like you've, you've done enough work that and I think confidence really does come from work. You know, if you're diligent enough, I think that you'll have confidence in what you've got to do because you know what's you, – you know the results because you've done it enough times. So it's just confidence for me is huge because – you know, it's kind of gets knocked as, well, he's just cocky. And I'm like, no, he's not cocky. He just knows what to do. He knows the process and he understands the importance of being confident in yourself. And I think for me, you know, it's just huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that really like applies to life. You know, perfect practice makes perfect. And in the game of baseball, that is 100% the truth. And so it sounds like you really taken that uh, to heart, really. Um, and that, that is that is that part of like you're growing up like is that how you were taught or raised I guess yeah you know it's like I can remember so the funniest thing is is my showcase team that I played for from freshman year all the way through high school I actually played for them from the time I was eight until I was about 10 mm-hmm. but I got cut <laughs> um, and I think that was really one of the turning points in me actually starting to take it seriously because I saw that I wasn't putting in enough work to expect the results. And then how can you expect to stay on a team if you're not producing, right? Even even at such a young age, when you're in a competitive environment, if you're not outworking the person beside you, you can't expect anything that really happened. Like you can't expect yourself to be put in a good position if you're not outworking people. And, you know, I think that was really what flipped a switch for me, even at like 11 or 12 was like, hey, you need to work at this or you're not going to be able to do the things you want to do. You know, and I and even then I didn't really have an idea of what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to keep playing. Yeah. You know, and it's like I was thankful enough after I got cut to get with a coach that was primarily a football coach, but he, you know, coached baseball too. And he he worked our butts to the, you know, we 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 got worked. But I think that really just instilled in me from a really really young age just what the importance of, you know, be diligent, understand that like. The more work you put in, the you're not going to get worse with the more work you put in unless you're just doing it wrong. You know, yeah, and the likelihood like the of injuries happen is, from improper work. You know, like or yeah. doing it wrong, like the drills wrong. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> I want to hear more of it. Let's get inspired today. Come on, let's go. <laughs> uh, no, uh, <laughs> but it, so it, it's really is incredible. Like at how young of an age you were like 
you flipped a switch like 11 years old, man. Holy smokes. I, I just, you know, it's just crazy. Like, I, I can still remember like driving around in my dad's truck with and just crying because I was like, well, I didn't know this. Like, I didn't, you know, it's like I never, I was so naive enough to think that that wouldn't happen, you know, and it's like, I just think and understand, like, I don't want that to happen again, you know. So I, I always want to put myself in a position that even if I don't get what I, even if I don't get the results that I wanted, I know that I was, it wasn't because I wasn't prepared, you know. Mm -hmm. so I think that, that was kind of the biggest thing I learned from that. Yeah, that, that's awesome to hear. And, and it really is like an eye opener. And I wish more people would listen to this, like more kids would listen to this. It's like, hey, it, like, because I got cut at 16 from high school baseball and it, because I, I was always just like, yeah, I always made the team based on talent and talent alone. <laughs> and it never was, I'd never put in the work because I didn't think it was important. Cause I was like, well, I'm still like hitting like 300, you know, I'm still getting on baseballs. I'm still making all the plays, but a I, it happened so quick that I got passed over in terms of talent that like, I didn't see it coming. And so you should actually be thankful. That you, like, yeah, you said it yourself, you are thankful that you got cut at such a young age. Because failure is so much more important than constant success or like one bit of failure, <laughs> not constant failure, one bit of failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. And then, all right. So now like going into like your relationship with the game of baseball, do you make it to like a lot of games? Um, like, cause you're in Charlotte. I know the Charlotte Knights are there. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's like, we usually, I usually end up going to about three or four Knights games, you know, mm -hmm. A summer just um you know one of my buddies is huge into getting autographs and he plays in college too but um he's he's always there you know getting everybody so you know he's got like 12 Acuna autographs just from when he was playing for Gwinnett and stuff like that so it's it's cool to go with him because you get to end up meeting a lot of people that you would have never gotten to meet um so I, I definitely try and go to a bunch of games we try to go to an Atlanta Braves game or two a summer mm -hmm. you know just to get to we've kind of started going on to like july 4th weekend which is terrible weekend to be in atlanta with yeah. all the traffic but um <laughs> terrible weekend to travel in general <laughs> it's, it's definitely it's definitely cool to go be down there and just kind of experience a game where you know you've got guys at the top of their of their game just getting to watch them um yeah i know it's it's definitely been cool i actually got to play in the knights uh stadium this summer oh wow so, that was that was pretty cool. I mean, that's the nicest field I've ever stepped foot on for sure. But yeah, oh, what what was that like? Like, was it like a high school tournament, or like championship weekend or something? It was what was like, um, we played in this league, and it was like with five or six different schools in Charlotte. But it was kind of like picking and choosing people from different schools. So you were just pulling guys in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember playing a team that was supposed to be Charlotte Christian, and Charlotte Christian is very good to begin with. But, I mean, we started counting, and these guys rolled up with 12 guys that were Division One baseball players, and we're sitting there like, well, we just stand no chance, right? So, you know, and then, and so it ended up being a all-star game type deal with all, with all of these teams that came in, and we ended up playing each other. Oh, wow. And so there was, you know, like 45, 50 guys out there, and pretty much all of us were going to play in college in some capacity. So that was definitely cool to see. Mm. Um, so it was definitely a fun game for sure. Now, did they have the radar gun on the uh, – did they have that turned on? Were you able to, like, peek a, uh, sneak a peek at it and see how hard you were chucking it? <laughs> you know, that for some reason, they didn't have it turned on. Oh. And I don't know why, but I feel like it was mostly because, you know, you have a bunch of 18-year-old guys. We probably wouldn't have been 
we probably would have lost our confidence or, or concentration at some yeah everybody looking back. but you know when we've got to do I mean I can remember there was guys that were anywhere from 80 to we had guys topping it in like 92 93 so it was it was it was it was a cool it was a cool mix of just a lot of people so yeah now do you have personal velocity goals or is it I, I want to know where every pitch is going um I think it's a little bit of both, you know. Um, I would like to consistently be like 85, 86. Um, right now, you know, last summer I topped it 85 in the game, but that was like a one-time deal, you know. So I usually am between 80 and 83 mm-hmm. most of the time. But, you know, I, I definitely would like to just as I keep progressing to be up in the upper 80s, mid to upper 80s pretty consistently. So that okay. would kind of be my deal. Yeah. Do you do like research to try and look at like workouts some of these guys are doing? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of research, you know, a lot of uh, Dr. Heenan videos, a lot of uh, a lot of Robbie Rowe stuff um, with a lot of med balls, a lot of split squats, um, yeah. trying to kind of look into uh, maybe some of the weighted ball stuff. Just it's a it's a little bit of a mix of everything. Just kind of taking what I like and hoping just that with the mix of it all, I can kind of just start getting stronger in the areas that, uh, you know, there hasn't been a lot of research, you know, we're kind of in this early stage of research and, and how do we train our bodies to get velocity in places that we didn't even know it was going to come from, you know, so I think it's, it's, it's definitely a lot of information to intake, but um, it's, it's, it's a cool process for sure. Just be able to have so much information to sort through. Yeah, no, it, people are projecting that within the next 10 years, the average velocity on people's fastball is going to be over 100 miles an hour um, just because of how much research is going into it. Because you got dra- guys like Trevor Bauer. He is not a natural athlete. And the dude's hitting like 98, like <laughs> touching 99 at some point. It's like he's not a natural athlete, but he did the workouts and he did the training in a certain specific way that like was like, yeah. I just added like three miles an hour to my fastball. Like, <laughs> yeah, so he's definitely like, he's definitely one of the guys that I look up to just for the sense of like I'm not necessarily a natural athlete either, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like all these guys, and you know I'm a little bit undersized too because I'm only like five nine. Mm-hmm. So um, looking at it from that aspect, it's like, well, I have to you know lift about twice as much as all these people just to be yeah. able to even be in the same realm of being able to throw as hard as them so it's like when you look at people like that who are diving into i mean from the fact that you know trevor bauer wears a ring that measures all of his metrics down to how much he sleeps at night <laughs> so it's like when you have somebody like that who's you know they're so opinionated but you know at the same time it's like he knows what he's talking about he's not coming with an opinion that's that doesn't have information to back it Mm-hmm. You know, so it's he's definitely one of the guys that I look up to just because from the fact like I mean he just works. He just yeah. he just works, you know, and it's like he's confident because I think, you know, he he just he's he seen understands the results the pay off that he has. Right. Yeah, he's seen the results. Right. So yeah, it really is like a testament. And I'm so happy that he won the Cy Young Award this year because it really just opens people's eyes because he got all these classic old-timey baseball coaches and whatnot being like well this is the way they did it in the 50s this is the way I did it and this is the way you're gonna do it and so him winning the Cy Young in a dominant season it's really gonna I think change the game of baseball and I'm very happy about that yeah you know it's like it's like you know you have certain ways that work for certain people, right? So it's like that might that old-fashioned way that those coaches are teaching. Because you know, I've come, you know, I've come into contact with a lot of different ways to throw a baseball. Mm-hmm. But um, 
it's like certain things work for certain guys, you know, and it's like, I think a lot of these metrics and a lot of these 3D graphs that we're getting with how people move and being able to say, well, how, how far can you stretch this way? You know, I think um, it's really cool to look at because it's like, we're figuring out what works for the individual, not telling the individual how to throw, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's, that's definitely kind of how it's progressing. And I think it's just going to only open up a lot of, new opportunities for people who used to not throw very hard, like Charlie Morton, for instance, to go out and throw 97 now. Yeah. Yeah. And it really is like, it really comes to the point where if, if you hear about somebody doing something and it proved them, you better try it because you don't know if it could work for you. If it doesn't work and it's like, all right, this is like damaging my body. You can stop and do the next thing that people are trying, but Every but we are in such an age where everybody is willing and open to try things that I really think is going to advance the sport forward and make it more enjoyable to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm really excited about the future of the game of baseball with the cast of characters we got now. <laughs> uh, but is there anything specifically you wanted to talk about? Um, not too much. You know, I just I think with a lot of people that are progressing the game of baseball the unfortunate side of it is you know it's like it looks like some of the only people that are holding the game back in some aspects are the people who are at the top right so it's like i mean i can remember looking scrolling through instagram one day towards the end it was after the world series had just ended and it was like you know we got to get rid of manford somehow or another we've got to get manford out of there right and it's like i just feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities that have been you know, it's like, it's like I get some of the stuff, you know, like the series and, and, and Williamsport during the Little League World Series that they've been doing. And, you know, with the Field of Dreams stuff coming up, like that stuff's cool. Yeah. At the same time, it's like there's ways that we can start progressing it that aren't stupid. You know, like the Universal DH rule worked fantastic. So why not just keep it, right? Like yeah. we, that was proven to make games faster and more enjoyable to watch. So it's like, yeah. why not? You know, it's like, I just think there's, there's just a lot of a lot of um, just stupidity, honestly, that goes on at the top level, and it's just it's like why are, I don't know why you are unwilling to try these things that have been proven to work in other leagues, but we don't, you know. And it's like he's it just seems like he's so set on having these robo umpires that I just I don't know. I think that that it, it's it's one of those decisions that I think that it could potentially be made in the next five to 10 years that probably might only last for like two, but it's just going to be a process that we might have to go through. Yeah. I think really, we really are scratching the surface in terms of how to improve the watchability of the game, because it really Mm -hmm. was fun uh, to see like the Williamsport games. I watched that one every year just because it's like, yeah, we get to watch guys (laughs) launch dingers and then hang out with little leaguers. Like (laughs) and that's every little leaguers dream. And then um, I'm really excited about the Field of Dreams one just to see, like, what they do with that. I, I think that's going to be so cool because that movie has touched so many people's hearts, you know, because it, it really plays oh, yeah. on that father-son aspect of baseball that is really ingrained in the sport, you know. For sure. I think, you know, it's like we're in this weird spot where it's like unless you're people like us who are in love with the game, it's like how do we influence the everyday person, yeah. 18 to 30 – to sit down and watch a game of baseball, right? So it's like, you know, the NFL is doing something, right? The NBA, I don't, their viewership was way down this year, so I don't know what they've been doing. 
but it's like when you look at some of these other you know kind of like um leagues that are making all this money and not that the mlb is not making a lot of money but it's like how do we make people want to watch this because it's like you know when the nba finals come around everybody wants to watch the nba finals right so it's like or when the super bowl comes around everybody want to watch the super bowl when the world series comes around it's like yeah a lot of people are going to watch it because well maybe there's their cities in the game or maybe their friends like this you know yeah. but it's like i think it, it doesn't have that same appeal not yet you know but it's like we've got to find a way to and to really want people to engage and and get into it because it's like once you're into it you see why people love it so much you see why there's so many hardcore baseball fans it's just how do we it's we're kind of in this weird sort of gray area of how do we do it you know Mm -hmm. and i i think and this might be um something that gets me kicked out of the baseball world but i think the most exciting thing that you can do to keep people watching a game until the end of and root for close games and it root for excitement is at the end of 10 innings so you get like the one extra inning in there at the end of 10 innings you have a home run derby to determine the winner i think people would watch people love the home run derby i think they're guys watching guys launch 500 foot nukes it's amazing <laughs> so I, I don't know or maybe also have like a throwing competition in there like hey all right max scherzer and uh Mike Soroka, they get to throw, they get to face off whoever can throw it in this circle. Like you get like a point or whatever. I don't know. That, that That's some I heard, I've heard that's been kicked around. I, I think that would, for the everyday fan, I think that would really draw them in. Like, oh, they're in the ninth. Yeah. It's tied. Let's keep, let's yeah. turn this game on. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think it's just that, you know, it's like, well, the it's you know you have that one side of people who love the fact that a game can go as many innings as you want to and be a six and a half hour game and you have everything that i don't know who likes that i don't know i don't know who would like that either right but it's like you know it's like i don't when the braves played the reds this year and we went into what was it 12 innings at zero to zero and people are just battling back and forth like that's some of the more stressed i've ever been in my life you know so it's like going through that like i think it like would that, be those playoff. games are the ones that, that would be completely take it out for the playoffs, but yeah, yeah, but I definitely at like in the regular season, you know, when we, I mean, we've got the longest heat season out of any American 162 sport. games, who cares? You know, so it's like, how I think that the home run derby would definitely be cool because it's like, all right, we've got two rounds, you know, you pick your guy, you pick the other one, and let's just go at it for the next 30 <laughs> minutes to see who wins. <laughs> And that would be like part of like free agency discussions. It's like, all right, yeah. he gets like an extra $10 million a year because he's going to be the home run derby guy. <laughs> I mean, that that would completely change the landscape of how deals are made. Yeah. The guys you have on your bench are chosen. Like mm-hmm. that, I mean, that would, I don't know. It's just been, it's wild. Like if a guy strikes out 40% of the time, but launches nukes, he's going to be on your bench like Miguel Sano or whatever. The guy launches nukes. He's going to, like, but it's getting at the point where it's, like, if he stop, if he doesn't stop striking out, we're going to have to bench him. <laughs> but, like, it's at the point where, yeah, if you have, like, a home run derby thing, let him launch nukes. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, you look at somebody like Vladdy Jr., right, yeah. who's just got all the raw power in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and now he's really having to figure out how do I hit? Like, I can hit these balls 
500 feet. But how do I hit this backside double in the gap that scores two runs when we're in the seventh inning? You know, yeah. So it's like I think you get these guys who, you know, like in that, in that particular scenario flourish. But it's like when you get them in an actual baseball game, in an actual situation, like they have to learn that you can't hit home runs a thousand times, you know, all you know, because it's like in, in in a game where somebody's throwing you ninety seven with fourteen inches of movement, you, you're not going you're not going to hit that trying to hit a bomb, you yeah. know. Yeah, I, I really do think, and I hadn't even thought about this before, but now that we're talking about it, oh my god, it'd be the most fun thing in a regular season. Are you kidding me? After ten innings, everybody gets their little extra inning, but then you got you got you get to watch guys launch nukes and try and throw a baseball in like a hole. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's just no telling. I mean, like, just the amount of viewership opportunities that that would yeah. open up. Like, I mean, you could have you could you could even have the the home run derby sponsored by somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's just more that's just more investment opportunities. You know, that's you know additional ways to grow the game, even just from the revenue side. No, nobody's watching the commercial in the middle of the 14th inning like everybody's watching the home run derby and we only get one of those a year and that that's the most fun thing in bait like that's one of the more fun things in baseball the one uh what was it 20 yeah the last last year when vladdy and uh pete alonso went head to head that was awesome yeah i mean i would i would put that right up there with the the um the home run derby at Yankee Stadium where Josh Hamilton hit like 30 something, something like 20 something. Round or something crazy. Oh, yeah. exactly. Wild. That, that's playing on ESPN on repeat every summer. Like everybody's like, oh, well, I remember that home run derby. Let's go turn into that. <laughs> yeah, so I, it, it really is something that can be done. And we just got a bunch of old guys who don't want to do it. <laughs> right. But – Oh, gosh. I think that would be a great rule. Hey, home run derby at the end of the 10th inning. Golly, that'd be fun. <laughs> but uh, anything else from you? Not not too much. I, I pretty much covered all of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any uh, any moments as a player that, like, really stood out to you? Like, it's like, yeah, this is when uh, – <laughs> this is when I win God mode. <laughs> was there like a tournament um, weekend where you threw like 15 innings or something? I don't have any, thankfully I don't have any crazy stories about me throwing a, an ungodly amount of innings on a weekend. But um, I would definitely say like the moment that sticks out in my head as a player um, was my junior year of high school. It was the, we, so, you know, we, my junior year of high school, we started five freshmen on my team. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I went to a, private Christian school you know I mean we had historically been good but you know we were just kind of in an area where like me and my buddy had just transferred in we were both pitchers so now it's like hey we got to fill some holes so we ended up going we we ended up going like 14 and 14 or something like that in the season I think yeah and so you know we we we'd done enough to get a bid into the state playoffs right so we go in and we match up first round with a team that we had already played during the year. And I think we ended up winning like four to three on like a walk-off walk. I was up to bat, walk-off walk, got walked and, you know, end up winning the game. So then it comes back around that I have to pitch against this team in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. And I've never thrown a complete game in my life, right? So we get up first inning, 
was pretty clean. And then second inning, I think it was, we get to the back half of their lineup, and there's two guys that we didn't see the game before. Mm-hmm. So we really didn't know how to pitch them. So first one, I think we tried a backward sequence. So we started them off with a curveball, went change up, and then we so we got him one one, and then we went two seamer, down and in, and he ends up hitting a double. Mm-hmm. Right. So then didn't never really know how to hit the next guy, and he gets a double too. So now it's one nothing. We didn't score. Yeah. So then next guy comes up and he hits a single. So now it's two zero. Got out of the inning. We come back bottom of the next inning or. Didn't score any. They didn't score any. And then we scored three in the bottom of the third. And then I went on to pitch the rest of the game. And I, I didn't have many strikeouts. I think I only ended up having like three. But it was just like I, I, I was – it was ground balls. It was, you know, when their four-hole guy got up, I think we picked off like some something like five times before I actually threw him a pitch. <laughs> and then I would step off. I mean, we were just it – was, it was little things like that that we were doing to just throw guys off that was enough to make them get lose their concentration. So I think it was stuff like that. So like, I think that was, that game really sticks out to me because we come down and like, I ended up throwing, I think it, I was at like 80 something pitches after six. So I was fine. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm not coming out. So then I came in, they tried to throw a pinch hitter in and we got him three, two after a missed a call on, on a two, two change up, yeah. it was right there and he didn't call it. So then I was like, well, I mean, we're going to go right at him. So we just went three, two fastball swings through it. Game's over and we ended up winning the game three, two. Now the, the sad part about that game is that my buddy, who's a pitcher at a D2 college in North Carolina was catching uh-huh. and he handed me the ball after the game. And I, then I, you know, put it in my glove and set my glove down but when I came back to my glove, the ball's gone. Oh. So I still have absolutely no idea where this ball's at. The only complete game I've ever thrown. And then the, fun, the, the bad part about that is the next game, we ended up, we go and face a team called Carmel, Carmel Christian. And they had a dude who was an NC State commit, topped out at like 94. Yeah. And we took them nine innings ended up losing 10 to 9 on a walk-off single that the ball came to me I'm in right and I go to throw it throws right on line I mean it's there the guy's gonna be out but we had a freshman like I said we started five freshmen but my buddy who was catching the last game was pitching this game so we had a freshman at the plate he took two steps forward to go get the ball oh geez okay man (laughs) and and (laughs) it's you look back on little stuff like that and it's like i don't know if we really would have got him had he not because it would have been it would have definitely been close but you know that those particular two games i think are what really sticks out because i mean that's some of the most fun we've had on the field just because it's like yeah when you look at that team you know we were so young and just the fact that we you know had scrapped to get there and then were able to be as successful as we were i think was really cool yeah, 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 for sure. And, and the game that you pitched, it, it sounded like it would be like the most frustrating thing for like a batter because it's like, golly, like he's not striking us out and like we're making contact, but we're just missing it. And it like, it, and, and those are like the best games as a pitcher because it's like, hey, what are you going to do about it? Like, <laughs> like I'm just going to keep throwing them. You're going to keep just missing them. So <laughs> those are the most fun games as a pitcher for sure. Oh, yeah. I just, and, you know, I'm like, I'm not a particular, like, cocky guy, you know. Like, I don't really like to show my hand, you know. But I just remember after, I think it was about the third inning, um, and our assistant coach at the time, who was our head coach this year, 
um, I came in the dugout and I was like, their bottom of the half, their bottom half of the lineup can't touch me. And he was like, you know, I really wouldn't think, I don't think I'd say that right now. I was like, coach, I was like, I'm not trying to be cocky. I'm not trying to be cocky, but after, after I'd seen him twice, I was like, I think I know what they, I think I know what to do. Yeah. And thankfully that phrase didn't come back to bite me, but <laughs> you know, it's just like, I think that was one of the cooler ones. Cause it was like, I, I, a lot of times when I'm on the mound, I can get into kind of a groove. And once I get into my, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm doing, it's, it's very easy to get into a kind of like a routine and kind of, you know, you know, what's going to really happen. Right. So um, I think that's definitely one of those games that sticks out to me just because it was just, it was just fun, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Th th those are the best games. All right. Well, thank you, Casey, so much. Th this was a lot of fun. I, this was a good conversation. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. All right. You have a good one.